0: Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips.
1: For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people it's been liberating. Take us for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And
2: I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory
1: dialogue. That alone is proof that faith-raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time.
0: So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Oh, Josh. Emily.
1: I'm here. I made it. Guys, Huh? I guess it's my turn to do one of these alone. I just wanted to tell you I did it. I finished the crazy work schedule. I worked 13, 13 hour night shifts in a row, and I did that twice before I switched back to days. And so my work schedule is finally over. I'm back to normal life. And you're not... Here, though. Yeah, so for those of you listening, it does turn out that that kind of work schedule will burn you out pretty quick, I've learned. So we know we said the last rebroadcast was the last rebroadcast of the year, but we're going to do one more while the three of us get back on our recording schedule for the summer. But while we're here, I did want to express a sincere thank you for the response to last week's episode entitled I'm an Atheist Now, AMA especially for our wonderful Patreon community being so welcoming and affirming as if I really expected anything different. But I was nervous nonetheless, and I'm really humbled and grateful for the comments on social media and the kind DMs I've gotten. You are all just affirming for me, Josh and Emily, why we wanted to start Ravel in the first place and create what we have thus far. So stay tuned for more season two of Ravel as I continue my role as the new atheist character. Blah. Uh, But while we're on the topic of last week's episode, we are contemplating doing an actual Ask Me Anything event on social media somewhere the weekend of June 24th or 25th, 2023 for anyone interested in asking some pointed questions about my recent deconversion experience. So keep your eyes open for more details on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. All those tags are at RavelPod. Anyway, we're doing just one more rebroadcast today, and it felt so right for it to be episode 74, When Faith Doesn't Feel Great. So please enjoy.
2: Hello, my friends. Welcome back. What a wonderful day it is to record an episode
1: it is a wonderful day. I like your tone of voice, Emily, because what we didn't tell Josh is that we're you and I are holding an intervention now that Josh has started wordling like the kids do on Twitter. <laughs> Josh, are you OK? Do we need to talk about this? About how I'm killing it? How, yeah, how you're killing it on Wordle.
0: Yeah, at least yeah. got me hooked on it. You, uh, I've only accidentally given her the answer once.
1: I guess you could say that you are no longer not of this world. You are you are of the <laughs> oh world gosh. now, seduced by the the whims right. of culture.
2: <laughs> I'm praying for you, Josh, as we speak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I I don't like throwing shade too much at like things that happen apparently because a lot of people get joy out of it. I just don't. I have no idea how to do it, and I don't want to. So,
0: oh, you didn't try it. No, I haven't tried it yet. Mm.
2: I have tried it, but for a while there, I was just getting so confused when I was like <laughs> on Facebook and, and Instagram and seeing all these people like sharing these random these ass squares. colored boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What is happening? Did I miss something? It's true.
1: It's but really good, good for marketing you, Josh. for them.
2: Good for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Well played. Definitely. So, more power so, to you.
2: What are you all uh, consuming <sighs> as a beverage?
1: <gasps> I have to tell you guys that my. <sighs> sense of taste is back. Oh, heck uh, yeah. I was going to ask you and Please I'm so Jesus. I'm so excited. So I've been drinking a lot of my favorite LaCroix this week with uh, this is nice. the key lime LaCroix, <laughs> La but also to celebrate. I thought that I would pour myself a, a finger of Lagavulin 16 scotch whiskey for this episode, which I haven't tasted uh, since before I had COVID. So we're back and we're back. How does she taste? This is the live listen of me tasting it again for the first time in over a month oh it's everything i want it to be it's it's oh. i could just hear the
2: joy i could just hear the joy in that little sigh i it feel wonderful
0: it. i feel the warmth in my chest after the first sip and oh you don't have any like weird residual like taste stuff going on i don't which is i'm really oh, thankful for
1: like i've heard people have issues with like coffee and with whiskey
0: mm. or just
1: like certain foods tasting like ash or burnt or any i don't have any of that so
0: I'm so happy for you. Wow. Yeah, we're back. I'm so excited. Emily, what are you drinking?
2: I'm doing a iced tea and lemonade mixed together. I did it myself, not like bought- What a classic. An already made lemonade and iced tea mix. I did it myself.
0: That's nice. Uh, Good old Arnold Palmer. Put a little
2: effort in there. Yeah, good old Arnold Palmer. You should Um, try a
0: cold brew lemonade sometime. I bet you like it. I've heard.
2: That, that, that I need to try that. I feel it's like that'd good. be a really good summer drink. So.
0: so good. It's one of my favorite coffee drinks ever.
2: That's what I'm going to partake in. But of course, I have another drink because it's me and it's of standard that I have two. Um, I also have a good old glass of water.
1: Good
0: that old, doesn't count. Yeah, I don't think water why, counts. Why doesn't
2: water count?
0: No, why doesn't I think water's is water standard. It's a
2: beverage.
0: No, because like when you go to a restaurant, if you're not in Europe, that is, um, water's complimentary. Mm -hmm. like it's just standard
2: okay then i have three drinks then if we're not going to count water (sighs) what i'm
0: counting water how did they multiply yeah how'd you get an extra one
2: because i already had one here y'all remember i'm breastfeeding i gotta stay hydrated hydrate or dehydrate and i don't want my baby to dehydrate you're not counting your breast milk as
0: one of your beverages are you
2: no but i have tasted
0: it i would too naturally Naturally, it's really, sweet. I mean, we all have at some point. So, I mean,
2: well, not everyone,
1: not everyone. Yeah, some of us oh, are you're formula
0: right. fed,
2: but okay. So, then, oh. so then my second drink, but really my third drink is I have these really cool body armors that are basically like fancy Gatorades, and they have a new flavor that I'm trying, and it's strawberry lemonade. Oh. M goodness. Wow. A lot of lemonade oh, today. A lot of lemonade. A lot of lemonade today. It's a very cheerful drink, and I'm just in a
1: very cheerful mood. So I can tell. I like it.
0: I too am in a cheerful mood over here. I'm drinking the end of a coffee. I'm drinking an Ethiopian whoosh whoosh from Hagen coffee oh. roasters here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it yes. is delicious. And then good soup. I found this when I went mead shopping the other week. I found this other mead from Baltimore, Maryland. And it is a basil, lemongrass, Ooh. basil. I think basil. 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 Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it. It's not very. It's not very basily. <laughs> it's also not very lemongrassy. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it's good. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Well, well done. Good.
2: Well, you know, I was kind of him-hawing about what my topic should be for today, because to be honest, I half the time I forget it's my choice. But I remembered a conversation that I had with one of my parishioners, Ann Armel. I know you listen to Ravel because you're a faithful uh, listener. So I love you. Armel, what a cool name. Ann Armel, Cheers, yes. Friend. um, She is my lay leader here at Cody Nine Methodist Church and a, just a wonderful, genuinely sweet person. And one day we were having a conversation about faith. And she was telling me, um, you know, Pastor Emily... For a while there, like I was listening to your podcast and I love it, but a part of me would just get so angry because Ah. it seems like we don't have the conversation of faith and all of this deconstruction work seems like we're letting go of faith or like we may not necessarily have faith. And so that sparked a conversation of, do we have faith? Like, is it faith necessary? Mm. Can you fall in faith what does it mean to be faithful and just all these other like huge rabbit hole conversations unfolded so i want to Mm. talk about faith um and one of the things that i was kind of intrigued when her and i were talking was the idea of you either have it or you don't and i'm wondering is it really that cut and dry like is it that simple to say you have faith or you don't Mm. or is it something a little bit more complicated so that is my topic today. We are talking about faith and that's, that, that's it. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. Just good old faith.
1: I think it's probably good to point out that a, a lot of our Ravel episodes usually revolve around specific beliefs. And I think it, just my gut tells me that belief and
0: faith are two different things. I would agree. Why, Why does your gut say that? Like, I think people like to say that. I don't I'm know. I'm not accusing you of like not having a definition, but like, why do you think that? Maybe it's too easy to think? say, and I just said it. But, <laughs> um, because hmm. <laughs> I've heard that from lots of different people. But at the same time, I don't think that I've heard many people give the same definition of faith. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Like, I, I just think back to a couple episodes ago on the mental health episode when I was talking about that weird paradox of where I find myself. Uh, See, I'm going to mix the words again. I guess I have faith in, but I also believe in something like open and relational theology where God does not control, God does not predetermine, um, and that the future is truly open for us to collaborate with the ongoing flourishing of creation rather than the ongoing entropy of creation. And then, but that paradoxically being paired with, I find myself as a universalist, and I think that in the end, it doesn't really not that it doesn't matter, but that all things will be God drawn to God's self in the end. And like, I felt during that episode where I was just kind of, when I was explaining that, like, I think this is actually what my faith is, is like the faith is being able to hold the paradoxical beliefs, but it's almost like the energy that is required just to hold the beliefs in two different hands and know that they like, they weigh differently, but I can hold them at the same time.
2: I feel like faith and belief are like parallels of each other, but I feel like belief is more of a state of mind than it is actually like the thing itself.
0: Okay. Mm. Say more about that.
2: It, so, like, so like belief for me would be like a state of mind where I trust, like I put trust in something or someone, whereas faith is like actually doing it.
0: Yeah. I feel like I've heard a lot of people tie. A definition of faith to action, like faith, if that mm-hmm. works, is dead. Um, belief. I've heard um, one of my friends whittled it down for his youth group, and he would always say that faith equals action plus belief plus confidence, like you confidently act in your belief, and that's what faith is. Mm. Mm. And I think that that definition is really prevalent, and I think it's interesting, but I also think that people tend to use the word faith like synonymously with belief but also use it synonymously with like tradition or experience. Like this is a part of my faith. That's really more synonymous with like, this is a part of my tradition. And that's Mm. not usually as tied to like a belief statement in my experience. Do you think that faith could be defined as like a religious heuristic? (gasps) Like, like you're following a rule of thumb based off of a tradition that other people are following or is the, is like the social element necessary to be considered like a part of faith? Cause like atheists have a lot of beliefs, but I don't know a lot of atheists and agnostics unless you're like still identifying with Christianity or mm. a religion still. I, I don't know many people who are like strictly atheist who would say that they have faith, but they're pretty adamant that they have a lot of beliefs about religion, you know?
2: Hmm. And is faith something that is universal or is it individual?
0: What do you mean by universal? Like social?
2: Well, so like, are there elements of faith or faith itself that is only individually experienced? Like, we can have faith in something, but in different ways? Or is there like a standard Mm. of faith?
0: Okay. I think I see what you're saying. I think that's why. To me, it seems like some people use the word faith synonymously with tradition, like they often refer mm. to it as like in very personal terms, like my faith drives me to do this. But like what they're really appealing to is like the tradition and like the history behind your
1: belief
2: right. system. It's It's not really faith. It's tradition. And yeah,
1: I don't know. Where do you two think the word trust fits in with faith and belief? Cause along these lines of where faith is essentially asking us to like participate in tradition, I, I think of entering, you know, people call it the faith. Like I think of entering the faith as like participating in what, you know, spiritual ancestors are telling us from the past and there's an element of trust inside that right of just like i mean i know i know we have some archaeology and some scholarship about like the the historicity or the trustworthiness of certain gospels over others and that's why we have canon we have non-canon and all that kind of stuff but like i feel like that that participation in tradition inherently asks us to trust something about the past that we don't have a connection to beyond like the core texts or the core pieces of of information and archaeology and all that. So like, I I think I heard one of you tie trust in a way to belief, but I almost wonder if it's more related to faith or if it's own, it's its own thing. I'm not quite sure.
0: On a definition level. I think that this example is a great example of words that like seem really clear at face value, but they're often used by Christians with like varying definitions and like varying emphasis. Mm. Like, Faith, trust, and belief, like I, I think that that's why like we're getting caught up in like the semantics and the definition, and it's it is hard to nail down because so many people like use them differently. Mm-hmm. like oh. almost in a similar way that like, people are using the word deconstruction differently in different contexts. like it so I was watching this uh, TikTok the other day, and she was talking about floating signifiers and how, like, words are often used like so repetitiously that they start to use lose meaning. Like, almost in the same way that like you write a word so many times that you're like, "Wait, this doesn't even look like a word anymore. It's like almost the like verbal equivalent.
1: That's such a weird feeling, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's such a weird feeling. And I feel like Christians have approached this with a number of words, like, I think Christianese and like theological jargon is one thing, but then like some words are just used so much that we just assume that everyone's on the same page about them. Mm-hmm. And I think faith is one of those. And, for instance, For me, I know we've talked about this before, but like, I'm convinced that doubt is an integral part of faith. And because of that, I don't feel like faith means certainty. And I feel like, Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. opinion, most people of faith, quote unquote, should be unsure. Oh, yeah. like, Like, they should not feel certain. And like, I think that you can, like on a very like, basic belief level, I believe that you can follow something, you can follow a heuristic of life. And, like, choose a path, but at the same time, like, following it, not being 100% sure, because, like, that's faith. Like, and I think that should be the definition, but I know not everybody thinks that.
1: So, you would disagree with your friend who thinks confidence is part of
0: the equation? Yeah, I guess so. Well, no, I don't know. I don't think confidence and certainty are the same thing. Like, I think you can confidently act a certain way. Good point. Yeah. Mm, mm -hmm. So, then you... Without, like... Yeah. So
2: you would probably say then that it's not as clear cut as you either have faith or you don't.
0: Yes. Mm. I well, yes, I guess so. But that that uh, that question assumes, so I'm not trying to like attack you with this, but like that I think that question assumes that faith is something to be had. Mm. Like it, that it's like tangible versus like faith is something to be done.
2: Well, so Josh, I really like that distinction you made about faith is something that people think is to be had. And I I agree with you. I don't think it is something Mm -hmm. that is to be had. I don't think it's something we can hold on to. I don't think it's a tangible thing. I think acts of faith are tangible, but I don't think Mm. faith itself is. And I don't like the idea of faith just being cut and dry. You either have it or you don't, because I think the way that's framed It puts into question faith itself. Like, if you do have faith and you're wrong, then it doesn't matter. If you have faith and you're right, then again, it doesn't matter. But if you didn't have faith and you were wrong, oh my gosh, then there's just all of this weight set on that but if you didn't have faith and you were right then it it doesn't matter so it's almost like the scale is going to be tipped so far that it doesn't matter if you were right or wrong to have faith or not have faith
0: are you kind of talking about like pascal's wager is that kind of what you're getting at yeah
2: because
0: i don't like that argument personally
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i don't either that's what i'm saying i don't either oh
0: okay oh okay that's what that's why i don't say it again i think i got a little lost
2: Oh, well, I guess this I was explaining the situation, like explaining his idea. And that's why I like, that's why I don't like the idea
0: because of. Oh, because it puts too much weight in faith. How it's established. Exactly. Mm, I see you, me, same page.
2: Yeah. Same page. Well, and we're nines.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you guys are on the same page because quite honestly, I'm, st-
0: I still feel lost in the alphabet soup right now. <laughs> Well, okay, this might this might help us like sort out the the soupiness. What do you think of people using the phrase they have left the faith or they have fallen from faith? Oh gosh. What do you think of that? Like what is your initial reaction? Oh gosh. I'm well, uncomfortable. Or they've joined the faith. Emily is uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable?
2: I don't know. Why am I uncomfortable? I just feel uncomfortable. Okay. I think it's because I think it's because when people say I have fallen away from or have let go of it. There's something about like an ownership and I don't feel like we can have that with faith. I think they've fallen away from the religion hmm. and hmm. maybe the, the belief, but I think you can still have faith. And I think it's if you have faith and the fact that you're questioning and you feel the need to leave, I think kind of proves that faith exists.
1: So are you, are you headed toward a, it, cause it sounds to me like you're, you're headed toward an argument that I've heard from both CS Lewis and Tim Keller and Tim Keller is admittedly basically a disciple of CS Lewis's theological thinking where they essentially argue like, and this is a different word. I'm in- introducing a different word, but they they always say like you as a person will always worship something like something will always be on the throne of your heart And if it's not Jesus, what is it? You know, so like if it's not faith, you know, if if you've fallen away or walked away from the Christian faith, then maybe your faith is in humanity and you could reasonably call yourself a humanist. Is that kind of what you're. Yeah, well,
2: partially, I think when the most often when I've heard people say they've fallen away from the faith, I think they've just fallen away or moved on from institutional religion. Hmm. But they still have a very concrete belief in Jesus, belief in God, whatever that may be. They just fall away from the traditions or the institutional, you know, rigidness that is religion. I
1: mean, now you're describing me like I've called myself a post-Christian on this podcast before uh, in the sense of of like leaving the institution behind or something like that because I'm skeptical of all that. And so I think that's why I
2: get uncomfortable with the idea of falling away from the faith because it's like, can you really do that? Mm.
1: Whereas we, I mean, it's in our intro. I think Emily, in your voice, you say like, even as we figure out which beliefs to leave behind, like, you know, beliefs, not faith. Exactly. Which I was about to distinguish is like, you can leave a belief behind, but something about the faith sticks. So
0: what I was thinking, Mm. Josh, well, I mean, can I pause you and then like, let you go back? Please do yes but my one qualm with that is i feel like that's true for me like i feel like i don't i'm not convinced i can leave quote unquote the faith because it's like a part of my story it's like sticking with me but yeah some people do fully deconvert and like move on with their lives true so i mean i i see what you're saying but, but I, I don't like know if it's always different.
2: true because they have faith oh. in something else
0: Ooh, yeah okay so that brings up an interesting question although i want to hear whatever Stephen was about to say I so,
2: was. I Steven, was. Then we'll come back. Yeah.
1: Okay. I was just hoping to simplify it for my brain. Is like. Is. <laughs> gosh, because still the semantic soup of the whole like faith, trust, belief, and all this. I'm trying to put it in simple terms. So, the faith we're talking about is that is is faith just acting in the world as if your beliefs are true? Yes. Does that? I mean, like, does that? How does that feel with the three of us? Because. I I think that captures the idea that it's it's something that's done, you know, you don't necessarily have faith, but you kind of like right. I don't know act it. It more verb than noun. I
2: would yeah, I would say. Um so I I am accepting okay. of that.
1: Okay. So the the faith is the action as if the beliefs you hold are like the way yes. things are. Okay.
0: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um going back to I, it's just, I feel like this transitions pretty well. Going back to your point, Emily, about like people who are quote unquote leaving the faith or like leaving for another faith. I really like your parishioners question about like a lot of people like to talk about quote unquote deconstruction or like rethinking your faith. And it is my opinion, which I th- I'm sure that people would disagree with this somewhere, but like it is my opinion that a majority of those people are doing so out of a like genuine faith search. Mm. Like, if someone actually wants to, like, leave a religion and deconvert or convert to something else, they'll just do it. They're not going to, like, they're not going to ponder and puzzle over it for years, like, going over, like, like, like the anguish of, like, what do I believe then?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, if they actually didn't care, quote unquote, they would just leave. They wouldn't, like, or they would try to, like, actively tear it down or something. But, like that begs the question of like, what does that look like other than like questioning your own belief? so i I do think it's interesting when when, like people are like, quote unquote, leaving the faith, but like what they're I think what they're arguably doing is like diving deeper into faith,
2: if anything, they're leaving the belief, but not the faith.
0: mm, say more.
2: well, like I was saying a, a little bit ago, you you can leave beliefs and things of that nature behind but you'll still have faith in something like mm. whether that changes is one thing. But the fact that you still have faith, you know, like the mm. the fact that you that faith is still there, even if it's in something else like that never went away. And mm. if it does go away, then I think that's another question is like, yeah. can you actually lose faith?
1: Well, so so based on the definition I attempted to give earlier is like, Uh, Emily it sounds like what you're saying Is you can never lose faith because You are always going to act as if Something is true and that's how The way the world works right Mm.
2: that Would be my definition I said that
1: weird yeah But so if you completely Like what does losing faith Look like beyond just like
0: You're not alive but is That nihilism oh Like the complete loss of faith yeah Is that just nihilism Yeah like you're not putting stock in anything
1: Yeah but I think the argument could probably be that then your stock is in the fact that nothing is worth holding stock in, you know? I feel like I've heard an argument like that before, too. Hmm. Like, you can never be truly neutral in the area of faith, which I think is the way Emily is saying it, which I think is probably right.
2: I don't know, is it?
1: <laughs> Curious. And that's
2: the thing. Is it up to the individual to decide, or is it? Is there some human standard of faith, you know? Is it... Like, do all Christians have faith in the same, like, do they all experience faith in the same way? I would say no.
0: Oh, that's a great question. I like that question. Why would you say no?
2: Because if we did, then there wouldn't be a need for different denominations and mm. so much debate over issues. It would <laughs> Everything would be the same. And that's not the case. And so I think that's where faith, mm, see, but well, I don't know.
0: Yeah, because part of me wants to say like that boils down to belief, like most denominations that, that split over belief, belief and most at least like mainstream denominations acknowledge that they are a part of the same faith.
2: Well, so then, OK, so if that's the case and actually this, why did I even think of this? This goes with my sermon <laughs> beautifully looking at Paul, his letter to the Corinthians. Wow, this preaches so well with my sermon today. That's so crazy, you know a question that I asked my church today was, why do you go to church? And I kind of threw out examples of, oh, for the fellowship, you know, for the the worship, for whatever it may be. And I'm like, well, those are all great. I would hope that the reason you come to church and you claim to be a Christian is because you believe in the resurrection. Like that is the, like, that would probably be faith is the universal acceptance of Jesus resurrected. Like, Jesus as Lord, Jesus resurrected. And I think belief then would be the different, you know, groups, the different denominations and, and things like that, like carrying out in that faith, carrying out that expression of Jesus resurrected is the same, but we just Mm -hmm. do it in different ways. If that makes sense.
0: Okay. I'm, I like that. I've got something rolling around in my head now, and I might need to just talk about it uh, because I don't think I have it boiled down to a point. So You've got me thinking about like, you brought up at the very beginning, the question of like faithfulness. And I think Mm -hmm. that the closest equivalent we have in like a secular context is the idea of brand loyalty. Oh, say more. Like from like the consumer mindset, like you're more likely to like buy from one company, the more you like see other people buying it and the more that you yourself are buying it. Like there's this one shoe company that... Man, how rad would it be if we got sponsored by them? I don't think we would. But like, I've bought like eight pairs of shoes from them because I love them. They're rad. And like, I love them. <laughs> and I like tell so many people about them. Like, it's like, like, I'm basically like m- marketing for them for free. <laughs> I'm not on here, though. They have to pay us. Um, <laughs> but like, we'll send them an invoice. I think they <laughs> um, <laughs> like brand loyalty is like the closest non-church equivalent to what most people think of as faithfulness. I think that a lot of people define faithfulness, which is oh, it's so funny because like, it's obviously derived from faith, but I think that most people define faithfulness as commitment. And then that gets quickly oh. translated to commitment to a church co- or community, not belief. It, it, there's usually like a social element to it. So then when people start to leave the church or question the church, like Stephen, you're a great example of this, people see that as being unfaithful. Uh, And I think that like the, personally, I don't know if we can build an institution that fundamentally integrates the questioning of that institution in a way that perpetuates it. I, I don't know if that's even possible, but I think that that's why there tends to be a lot of like us versus them in the like faith deconstruction conversation is because those people who are like really trying to genuinely question their own beliefs about their faith, get seen as unfaithful.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate that.
0: Cool. I'm glad that you as a pastor appreciate that.
2: (laughs) I I think more people need to hear that. I really do. And I think as a pastor, especially if we don't share that idea, we are doing a disservice to people questioning in what they believe in. Mm. You know, like if I have someone who is in a spiritual crisis or, you know, is just, deeply, deeply deconstructing and I didn't share that thought with them, I think that would be a pivotal moment for them in their faith journey.
0: Well, even like using language like that, like faith journey, like I think that that implies a certain view of what faith is that I think I agree with versus like faith being more equated to agreement with one organization. Like, (laughs) <laughs> that mm-hmm. Stephen, you've attended the church in billings that is quite literally named after faith <laughs> and like <Yeah>. people <laughs> refer to it like in shorthand just calling it faith but like that like it's it's almost kind of ironic because like the draw to an organization and like committing to it i think a lot of christians see that as the definition of faith hmm. more so than hmm. like your action or your like the way you live your life or Like they'll say that, but like in the end, it usually means, are you still going to go here or are you leaving? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that I've seen a lot of people leave church before and growing up as a pastor's kid, I think that it's, it's interesting to view from like the internal angle and from the childhood angle, because now as an adult who has quietly left a couple churches, like conveniently, I look back on those circumstances and I'm like, man, like, what were they going through? Like, were they rethinking something, or were they actually just following a person to a different church like they said, or were they using that as an excuse? Mm. Mm. I don't know.
1: We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology.
2: If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between.
0: And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, Don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency.
2: For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you.
1: Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. Yeah. I mean, hearing you put it in terms of like people would consider me unfaithful to the church or something like that because I left that one building or like stopped going to that building regularly. I wonder if that gets conflated, you know, that experience of like leaving a particular community for like in favor of another or, you know, making somewhat of a homebrew thing, you know, Mm -hmm. as I feel like we've done with with our little community I wonder if that gets conflated because of the way we talk about spouses being
0: faithful and not cheating.
2: Mm. Mm. Fidelity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Is that why the church gets that distinction with faith? Because so many people talk about the faith as like the bride of Christ. I'm oh my that, God. Maybe. Yeah. I've never thought about that.
1: Yeah. Cause I was mm. just sitting with that. Like it seems so presumptive to just like, notice that i'm not on the attendance roster you know and think that i'm just like i've fallen away from the faith or whatever or like he's being unfaithful or something where it's like you man you don't know me you have no idea
2: well and you know that's it's so interesting i had someone the other day asking oh you know i haven't seen so and so in church in a while and i would be like oh you know like life happens maybe they couldn't make it Like, who knows why? But Mm, I'm not going to question whether or not they've stopped believing, you know? And it turns out, like, this person came back today and they had said, I'm so sorry we missed the last couple Sundays. My son is in wrestling and his tournaments are on the weekends and we wanted to go and watch him wrestle. And I'm like, am I really going to sit there and be like, well, you've fallen from the faith because you're watching your kid wrestle?
0: No. (laughs) You know what the phrase... (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. You know what the phrase fallen from the faith reminds me of? It reminds me of when people, like refuse to use the word quitting when it comes to jobs and they're like oh yeah I'm transitioning (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so funny like it feels like corporate speak like you're trying to gracefully talk about them but like in a we know what's going on do you think
1: that's a way Mm -hmm.
0: because I like I've experienced
1: that in my experience at the coffee shop being assistant manager like people would quit and they would refuse to use the word quit when they were like to my face telling me that they wouldn't be working here in two weeks (laughs) do you think that's like a uh, an issue they have with like owning up to their action like they don't want to admit to themselves that it's quitting so we put we try to put different words on it because I think well yeah somebody could probably make the argument that I have done the same thing with the last church that I went to is like he's just not using the word like oh he doesn't come here because he doesn't like it which I think I've said in more eloquent words at this point but yeah, I don't know. Like, something about motivation or just, like, it's way easier to notice someone someone's absence. Emily, in your case, like, wrestling family. Cool. You notice someone's absence and it's, I don't know, part of me wants to be, like, it's just like church people to notice an absence and go straight to the judgy version of, oh, like,
2: definitely. Well, I don't
1: know what they're up to.
2: I think it has something to do with, like, a sense of failure.
1: Uh, like, you're
2: failing or, like, you're letting down your faith community or your like you in your faith if you don't participate or attend or whatever that case may be. And I think the same is with quitting. We see quitting Mm. as failing when that is not the case. I think quitting can actually be a progress. If let's say you're in a job where you are failing, like you are miserable, you are not productive, you are not doing well. It's a toxic work environment for you to quit means that you are then going to progress because you're going to find something that is more suitable to your lifestyle, your beliefs, a better work environment, a better you know, moral practice, whatever the case may be. So quitting does not always equate to failing, but I think we want to say that. like, If we quit something, we must be failing. Mm. And I think we apply that to our faith. If I don't go to church, if I skip a Sunday, if I don't participate in the Bible study, if I question, if I deconstruct, if I'm in this part of my faith journey where I'm unsure or I'm trying to ravel out something, I must be failing as a Christian. And I think that happens more often than we want to admit. That's huge. Which is sad.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, that's what I think is so interesting about, like, I think we do create these false dichotomies, especially when it comes to like our relationship with church or religion or belief. Like I either have it or I don't, or I'm in it or I'm not. Mm -hmm. Versus like the complexity of like, What do I do when I feel like my faith is literally unraveling under me? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's what intrigues me so much about like using this like Ravel language to describe faith and belief and deconstruction and like all of it because like I'm convinced as someone who's like (laughs) not been going to church lately, (laughs) but like is like still just always intrigued about like Christian belief and thought and like how it's affecting real life and real people Like, I'm just convinced it's, like, all intertwined. Like, the the idea of faith and deconstruction and certainty and agnosticism, I just think it's completely intertwined and, like, can't be separated. Mm.
2: And I think if we continue with that illustration of, you know, like, a ball of thread or, you know, twine, no matter how much we pull on a thread and it starts to ravel out, like, that thread is still there. Like, it still exists.
1: That's, yes. And
2: it can always be rewound or utilized in a new way. Like the thread itself does not disappear no matter how much you tug on it or, wow. you know, while yes, there may be beliefs that we leave behind. Like we still have to acknowledge that it's there. Like it was there at mm. one point. And that doesn't mean that that thread was not useful or, you know, cause at that point maybe it was. And so when we talk about faith, like it's there, it'll always be there. And it just may look different and it may shape out differently as we go through life but it's still going to be there like it's just that thread that's
0: mm. or like the uh like the remnants of it could the still rem- be there. Like, yes. like i'm thinking yes. of this is like a very american example but like i'm thinking of like the sbc um splitting over the issue of slavery mm-hmm. like they totally felt that the bible justified slavery and that it was perfectly christian to do and like now that is a thread that is run through american christianity and like still plagues american christianity even though like no modern christian most likely believes that in good faith like it's like little they're like clinging to racism and like trying to use christian language what wait what did you say it's like those little like
2: lint like the lint balls you know that like that get stuck on a sweater that you need like Uh,
0: a
1: you know like they're just there like
2: they're a little brush like it's like a part of you but it doesn't it's not actually part of the thing itself anymore, Mm. but it's there.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that metaphor. I mean, like that's, that's always been my favorite part about using Ravel as kind of our foundational thing is that is, is the fact of, you know, you pull on one thread and you get a ball of it's raw material is what it is at the end. And like, Mm. I guess like trying to reapply it to faith in my head is like faith is the material that we have. It's the ball of red yarn versus the ball of yellow yarn, you know, like that's our faith and whatever our beliefs are is like what, how we choose like the different patterns we use to crochet the scarf or the mittens Mm. or something. It's like Mm -hmm. the beliefs are the shape the faith takes, but the faith is just that material that's in our hands, like ready to be used to make something beautiful.
0: You know. That's an interesting analogy. I'm not sure if I buy that. Okay, but I like it. Fair enough. Like <laughs> as you were talking, I thought you were gonna go with the thing that the sweater's made out of is love. Oh, like, oh, like okay. love is the essence of faith. Like Paul talking about like the greatest of these is love. What well, what does he say? Faith, yeah. hope, and love. It's faith, hope, and faith, love. hope, and love. It's these three
2: remain, but is the greatest right? of these. That sounds
0: a little too Hobby Lobby. No, that's no, right.
2: It's faith, hope, and love. Okay. These th- these three remain. The greatest of these is love.
1: Which he doesn't say faith is the greatest and it's still in those top three. So what does that say? Yeah, true.
2: It's love, which if you think about it, it makes sense that love would be the greatest and not faith mm. because you can keep love for yourself, like loving yourself and you can love others. I don't, faith is one of those things that it can't be expressed in that way. Like you can't, I can't share my, I, how am I trying to phrase this? because clearly we can share faith with other people that's what like evangelism is you know if
1: we is evangelism sharing faith or is it sharing the beliefs
2: ah is that the distinction Cause, maybe
1: because i've tried to evangelize some people with beliefs that i don't even hold anymore but mm-hmm, i mean that's... i had faith in it at the time you know hmm. i acted as if those beliefs were true and that's why i felt inspired to share them interesting i okay Bit of a hard pivot, but it's kind of just like turning the turning the mirror around for a sec. You're familiar with the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yes?
2: I love that hymn.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because the hymn, the lyrics of the hymn specifically are talking about God's faithfulness toward us. Like, does God have faith in us somehow? And mm-hmm. what does that mean?
2: Let me go ask God. I'll be right back.
1: Okay. Yeah. you You have a centering
0: prayer about that for
1: decades before you figure that one out (laughs) no well yeah i hmm yeah that's my
0: favorite atheist joke god doesn't believe in atheists Yeah, that's very good yeah
1: yeah i mean what does it mean for god to have faithfulness toward us or like does god have faith in us because part of me like on the on the belief side of things you guys are familiar with bo burnham yeah the comedian yes yes He has a verse of one of his songs, like from the perspective of God and the verse is: you argue and you bicker and you fight atheists and Catholics, Jews and Hindus argue day and night over what they think is true, but no one entertains the thought that maybe God does not believe in you. And like (laughs) that hits so hard every time I read that. I'm like, Oh, good point. Like, let's think about, let's take that seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious to like flip it around, explore this idea of God having faith or like does somehow God believe in us? Does God have faith in us? Or is it just like an idea of like completing the circuit? Is that what that hymn is singing about?
0: I almost think of like, like this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about like faith somehow equating like showing up. And like, Hmm. if you love someone or something, like you will just show up for it. And like if someone leaves the church, it's not that they... It's usually, like, they're just, like, not in love with church anymore. Like, there's something they don't like about it. Mm. But, like, if you are... Yeah, I feel like that definition of commitment kind of still works. Like, if there's, like, a supreme being that, like, is somehow interacting with the universe or, at the very least, observing the universe, can that observation be faith and love? Or does it necessitate interaction to be faith and love? Oh, Honestly... I really like the character of the doctor in Doctor Who. Do you guys have you ever watched it? I have not. Yes. No. Okay, so long story short, it's a like super being that's like time traveling and like uses technology to accomplish amazing things, but like in the end like throughout all of the travels and the time traveling around the universe, like with all the different species, like the doctor loves humanity. And like that's a very common thread throughout a common thread throughout the nice. show, and I think that's really appealing. Like the idea of a super being that like above all else believes in humans and like believes that humans have incredible potential to like accomplish amazing things and like their love for each other. Mm. I think that's a really fascinating idea because like that, the character is not a God character. It's not a Christ Mm. figure, Mm -hmm. but in a
1: way, is it not? I mean, like you're describing a super being who wants to demonstrate like (laughs) his own, you know, faith in humanity like that. I mean, that sounds like,
0: christ to me in a sense right well if you were going to equate it to like the christ figure i think that that would demonstrate that faith cannot be just belief because Mm. or faith cannot be knowledge Mm. because if you believe that god is omniscient and that therefore jesus was omniscient and jesus knew everything that was going to happen to him that means like he didn't have faith or he did because faith equals certainty i don't know it doesn't i don't know i'm not really answering your question here
1: or you're like me and you don't think god is omniscient actually and the future is open to the collaboration of humanity
0: oh okay so do you think yeah do you think like an open relational theology makes more sense for god to have faith in i think it makes more sense Mm. and it's more appealing for me to have faith in that god
1: it also Mm. i think it helps bring home that language of like god has faith in us because like mm-hmm. we are entrusted to collaborate in the ongoing creation mm. rather than we are just like cut loose in the terrarium
0: <laughs> at, at a, so, like a so you zoo. would agree that your definition of faith requires interaction.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's that relational part that I, yeah. I act as if that is the way things are. So yeah, I guess <laughs> mm. that is my faith
0: versus like a Calvinist or an Arminian would probably be more along the lines of defining God's faith as faithfulness.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you helped me realize like that, the, the open and relational part of it is like in particular, the knowledge piece, like if God isn't all knowing mm. that doesn't threaten my image of God, if anything, that makes me more excited to like engage and interact. Yeah.
2: I have a question for you guys.
1: <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Have you ever lost faith in
1: someone?
0: Ooh. Faith in someone. Oh my God. Wow, what a question. Because
2: that expression is used a lot.
1: It's really hard for me to not conflate it in this context with the word trust. hmm Ooh, yeah. Well, I'm
2: wondering if that's what people <laughs> mean when they say that.
1: Yeah, maybe. I feel like I have seen the evolution of, yeah, of, of specific people I knew at my first church, you know, what they what they say they believe today or what they stand for today in public, like on social media and stuff. And I'm just like, man, I, I used to put a lot more weight on the things you used to say. And now it's just, it's heartbreakingly easy to write you off as a person. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, Oh, I used to look up to you.
2: So is that primarily dealing with trust more than faith? Yeah.
1: I mean, I I think that's also kind of natural. I, you know, it's like, it's like every teenager growing up and learning that their parent isn't perfect. Like I think in the same way, mm. especially through that youth group age that I'm kind of harkening back to is like, you think you're youth pastors or you think you're the, the elders at your church, like have their together and then you learn they don't. And you're like, wait,
0: huh? What do you think a healthy quote unquote healthy definition of faith could look like? Like, I'm, I'm just thinking about how, like, I do think there are people who leave, quote unquote leave the church because they've like lost faith in the leaders there. Or Mm. like something has happened abuse related or belief related that they like can't be on board with anymore. Like they don't feel safe or they don't trust someone and they leave. And then I've heard people like I've heard people give the critique of like, well nobody's perfect. Like we're all human. Like the church is human. Like the church isn't Jesus, so like don't expect it to be perfect. Which like, of course, but like that doesn't mean that people don't reach a past A point of no return either yeah
1: it doesn't mean that Mm we are required to lower the bar so far as to like let illegal activity
0: pass or or even activity that like you think that you cannot coexist with like yeah i would love to experience a church that like accommodates a variety of belief within christianity but like i think there's certain beliefs i don't think i could like be in bed with but i think that Mm. that happens both ways too like in multiple types of issues. So like, how, how do you demonstrate, can there be a healthy commitment to something that isn't, that doesn't just like leave the door completely open for abuse and diminishing returns. And, or is it just a trust thing? I don't know. I like uh, my example that I have had in the back of my head this whole time is the Bible. Like I just started reading David Gushy's after evangelicalism and his second chapter is like opening up with like the evangelical concept of the Bible and like what the, not just how it came to be, but like how most evangelicals define the Bible by like five or six pillars. And they like hold pretty tightly to those. So he's like, kind of like picking at it, like quoting a couple people. But like, I think what he's really getting at really resonates with me because I kind of don't know what to think about the Bible. But like, in the end, it's like the bedrock of belief for like where my faith tradition sprung up from. And so, like, in some ways, I feel like it's important to, like, feel it out and, like, recognize what it is. But, like, I don't know what to think about inspiration anymore. Like, I don't think the Bible's inerrant. I I think that, like, the concepts of inerrancy and infallibility are just, like, completely human-made. Like, they're not based in the Bible. But even, like, me saying that phrase, like, they're not based in the Bible, like, leads me to a biblicism that I'm like, well, like, am I putting too much stock in that concept too? Like... I'm not really like making a bunch of like Bible based arguments anymore. Like, why would I care about that? And so like the, the whole, like the whole concept of me overall wrestling with the Bible and like trying to make sense of it is that faith. Like just because I'm thinking about it and I'm like, like I'm not committed to it in the sense of like, yeah, the Bible stands above all else. Like the Bible says that I believe it. I'm not like committed to it as in an ultimate authority, but I'm like committed to it in the sense of like, well, I keep thinking about it. It's like, I like want to keep reading about it. And in some ways it has impacted and is currently impacting my thoughts and therefore how I live my life. But like lots of people could look at that and be like, well, no, he's like, he's like not being faithful to the faith or to the Bible or like, he's not taking it seriously by questioning it.
1: I call crap on that because you, I mean, you helped me just earlier come to the point of like, it's the relationality and the interactivity of it. That is like faith embodied. Right. Mm. So like, I I do think I would say, yeah, the continued wrestling or like the fact that you don't just come to a conclusion about the Bible and leave it behind, but it's always just kind of something in the back of your head. I, I, I think that's the most robust version of engaging with the faith and the doubt And all of it, so.
2: Well, and should we be faithful to the Bible or should we be faithful
0: to God? Word up. I feel like at the end of it all, faith is a very social thing. Like, I think you can have a lot of different opinions about like whether or not you can be Christian, interact within Christianity with or without going to church or being in a regular spiritual community. But like Mm. David Gushy, I think brings up a good point about how the Bible exists because other people took stock in it. Like that's the only reason you take stock in it today wow. Yeah. is because yeah. like someone put together the mm-hmm. Canon and like groups of people edited it and people wrote it. And then like lots of people contributed to it existing today. And like, that is largely the reason why we even think about it today. And I think that that's good to acknowledge. And I feel like that, that really like, obviously like the Bible is like one of the main facets of <laughs> Christianity <laughs> and like, I think that that totally relates to, faith like whether you're talking about church or like common beliefs or questioning together i think that like the socialness is an inherent part of faith we're doing this podcast together like Mm. this would be a really boring exploration if i was just doing a monologue podcast about my faith (laughs) it could be so Mm. terribly boring i think yeah
1: we all know how you feel about monologuing podcasts josh oh they're the
0: worst oh (laughs) they're the worst
2: <laughs>
1: uh. That was too easy oh, to set up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was. It was. Well
1: done. The one person I know Are that's not any, a fan of uh... Dan Carlin's hardcore history.
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, mm-hmm. maybe two people then, based on Emily's tone.
2: Yeah. That's
1: me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, great. That's me to a T. Wow.
2: Are there any. Uh,
1: cheers to the closing dialogue.
2: Thoughts or. Yes. Cheers to. Cheers to uh, the opportunity that we have to even have these
0: conversations, you know? Dialogue's a really good point. Actually, that's my final thought. I think that faith is inherently a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's what we're getting at in the show, too. Like, we think that it should be an exploratory dialogue. Like, and if it's not, whether you're questioning or whether you feel more certain, if it's not a dialogue, it's kind of like, at the very least, it's lacking, if not not alive mm, like yeah. if you're not constantly thinking mm. about what you should be doing right or what you yeah. or whether or not your beliefs are accurate or life-giving or killing the vibe mm-hmm. then like killing the vibe. you're kind of not participating in faith like i feel hmm yeah i like that mm. it's not isolated is the point mm-hmm. yeah like in some ways i don't think you can be faithful to the faith without constantly thinking about it hmm whether or not that's like thinking about it in hindsight like in some ways that can be more faithful I think than like just not thinking about it.
1: Hmm, I like that. I like that. Yeah. What
2: about you Stephen, any other thoughts?
1: I don't think so. I was just I was uh I was prepping myself for the smooth transition to say if that you want to engage with the dialogue with us. <laughs> you could do so on <laughs> patreon.com/ravelpod. We have a delightful Actually, yeah. community of people in discord. Yeah. Uh, our next episode will be sourced from the Patreon community. We're once again doing a submitted topic. So be on the lookout for that next week. Um, we're doing polls. Josh has so many topics that we just sent out a poll to everyone and said to vote on it. So that should be fun coming up for your next topic in March. Josh,
0: if you want to get really social with us, Steven and I are on Twitter all the time. Emily's on Instagram. Links are in the show notes
1: for all those. We do have a bonus episode about the Rise and Fall of the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast podcast coming out Yes, probably this week or next week, honestly, at the time you're hearing this. And then next month, toward the end of the month, we're looking on doing a live hangout in Discord with the patrons that we record and make another bonus episode.
0: Does that mean we're continuing to have faith in the Mars Hill experiment because everyone keeps talking about it? (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, we're engaging with it, and we're keeping the interactivity mm, like, up.
0: Like, one of my psychology professors, I know we're not even talking about this yet, but <laughs> one of my psychology professors brought up that, it, like, from a behavioral standpoint, ignoring is the best punishment. Heck yeah, dude. But on the social level, I, believe that. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. That sounds Stay great. Stay tuned. Be, look for, be looking out for a teaser on the free feed. Um, if that sounds curious and Hey, maybe we might, uh, we are fishers of patrons. Now fishers of men, (laughs) look at us go (laughs) with the puns. I'm done riffing. I feel done riffing. So Emily, thanks for this topic. This was a great one.
2: Don't thank me. Thank Anne Armel. She, uh, she's, she is the, uh, wonderful woman who has sparked this thought in my brain. And now we have, I think we just started scratching the surface of of
0: faith Um,
2: and i think i think that's gonna be my benediction is we have just touched the surface of this topic and no matter how many threads we end up pulling and raveling out in the end the product is beautiful and it's something that we are going to continue to ravel out with together in community with love